The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country, November 24th, 2019, Luke 23, 35-43. My name is Dismas. Well, actually, that's, that's not my real name. But since my name isn't recorded in the Bible, someone gave me that name and it, it just stuck. I had a difficult life. I lived about 2,000 years ago. I suppose by your calendar it would have been something like 10 AD. And my life ended what many would say in the, the worst kind of way. But for me, it was the most amazing kind of way. You see, on the last day of my life, I met my king. And I, I met him on his glorious throne. Let me tell you how it happened. See, the day began with me in my cell. And my cellmates and I knew that we were going to face a pretty rough ending that day. See, I'd been caught committing a crime against the, the Roman authorities. Word of advice, if, if you're going to commit a crime, don't do it against the Roman authorities. Because they will not just run you through with the sword. They have devised a clever form of torture by which they take you and they strap you up and they hang you tortured in agonizing pain to die, put on display, and it's just excruciating. I knew that this day was not going to end well. And then they came, the soldiers came, and they, they took one of my cellmates, my prison mate Barabbas. He, he was guilty of murder and insurrection. The reason they took him is because there's a common custom where this time of year they would release one of the prisoners that the people would choose. Couldn't believe they would ever choose Barabbas, but he was one of them selected. And the governor had him brought before the crowd. I couldn't tell what was going on, but I heard outside a cry. The, the crowds were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And I knew Barabbas was doomed. Imagine my surprise when they didn't bring back Barabbas, but I found out he had been released. Who did they nab last night that was worse than Barabbas? Well, eventually the soldiers soon afterwards came and they took me and my other prison mate and they let us out. And then we saw the third guy, the new guy. He had a rough night. He was beaten, clearly struck and bruised. He had whiplashes all over him, very disfigured. It's a pitiful sight. And then they treated us all brutally as they threw on our backs these heavy beams of wood these crossbeams that we were supposed to carry, and they made us march. These were the instruments of our torture, which we were to carry out. And as we marched out of the city, I began to realize who this other man was. People were calling him, following after him, saying, Jesus. Some of the, the women that were following him were weeping, and they were saying, he's done nothing wrong. And I realized, this must be that Jesus that I've been hearing about, that that man from Nazareth, that one who everybody claims has done some miracles. Didn't think much of it. My cellmate, my prison mate, he said to him, Hey, hey, miracle worker, I heard what, heard what you can do. Why don't you do me a favor and take this thing off my back? I'm ashamed to admit it now, but kind of laughed. As we went along, I could tell he had a rough night because he couldn't even continue to carry that beam of wood anymore. Much as the soldiers whipped him, he would not move an inch. 
they made someone else carry it. And I was kind of startled when that man Jesus spoke because he started to prophesy. He told the woman following him not to weep, but to be sorrowful for their children when this city and everything would come under judgment and destruction. My fellow prison mate just joked, Sure, Messiah, you can't do miracles today, but you can prophesy. Some help that is. And as they led us along, we took a turn up the hill along the side of the road. And there they took my former prison mate, the new guy, and me, and they prepared us for the excruciating torture that was ahead. It was then that I started to think differently about this other man. See, when, when they drove that, that stake into my hand and pierced me and hung me up, I let out a cry of excruciating pain, agonizing pain, and probably some words I shouldn't repeat right now. But that man, yes, he let out a, a gasp of pain. But the words he said was a prayer. A prayer which he clearly wanted me and those who were torturing him to hear. The words which Luke recorded for you. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I started to wonder, was he speaking about me too? As he hung there, the soldiers clearly did not respect him. And the, the rulers, the, the leaders of the Jewish people came and they started sneering at him. They hated him. And so they started to mock him. Save yourself now if you are the chosen one, God's Messiah. And they taunted him from claiming to be the Son of God. And then the, the soldiers joined in it, reading that sign above his head which said, This is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And they mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, save yourself if you are the King of the Jews. And then, even my companion and I joined in hurling insults. That's what you do when you're just exhausted and you don't, don't know what else to do. And you don't want the crowd to focus on you. You know how it is. When you want everyone to put their attention on somebody else, so you pick on them. You want him to take the brunt, the brunt of the shame. But then when my, my prison mate started throwing those insults, then, it was then that I started to realize this man is, is no ordinary man. After all, why were the crowd saying he saved others? It must be true. They clearly loved him and praised him. Those that did. And though the, the religious leaders hated him, he clearly was a good man. I could believe that claim. This this man probably had done nothing wrong. As we were led along, we gave out cries of agony and raged against the death before us, but he, he just went along like a lamb silent to the slaughter, willingly submitting to what he must undergo. And if he had saved others, I could believe this man had done nothing wrong. And then I started to think on the, the prophecies where it said that the Messiah would come as a king for his people, but he would come humble and gentle, like this man. And I thought about the, what about the prophecy of the suffering servant? They all fit this man in this moment who is next to me here. What if all the mockery, the sign above his head, everything that people are saying about him and his behavior, everything showed, what if all of everything behind it was... True. 
And then suddenly I realized who this man was. Like scales had fallen off my eyes. And I knew for the first time with, with full confidence, this man must be the Messiah. The one who was promised to be the king. I saw him there next to me on his throne. And so when my fellow former cellmate started, rebu- started insulting him, I just had to speak up. And I said, and I rebuked him, don't you fear God. This man has done nothing wrong. We are being punished justly, getting what, what we deserve. But this man, no, he's, he's done nothing wrong. Then I turned to the man in the middle, the one named Jesus, and I said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, gasping for breath, spoke to me and said, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. You know what I tell you? That may have started off as the worst day of my life, but can you picture me hanging there in excruciating pain with a smile on my face, thinking to myself, that's my king. He said I'm going to be with him today. He said I'm going to paradise. I saw my king that day, and I saw him on a glorious throne. You know, if there's one thing that I can leave with you today, it's this, that we have a glorious king. There I was, someone that didn't deserve any good. You know, I'd done anything but good during my life. In fact, when I heard about this man Jesus before, I just dismissed him. And when all those other people went chasing after him to be disciples of Jesus, I dismissed them as dream chasers. And here I was, after all my deeds, suffering what I deserved. But we have a glorious king, because that king told me, a condemned criminal suffering torture for his own crimes, he told me, who had done nothing good, that I would be with him in paradise. Those words of forgiveness are for me. The Messiah came just as prophesied to suffer and to take the place of sinners and to bring forgiveness to the guilty. You have a glorious king. If he came for me, a condemned criminal who had done nothing good, he came for you, a glorious savior king, just as prophesied. Let me tell you another thing. It might seem easy at times. When everybody else is heaping up the insults and mockery, and they're turning against this king. It might seem easy to just, maybe if not join in it, to just, just be silent. I could have hung there and maybe avoided joining in. Be silent when everyone else was turning against him. It might seem easier, but far better to join me. To join me in speaking about our king. And yes, it might seem like at times your life is just excruciatingly painful, and you are suffering. It might seem like even the worst day of your life. But if you have a promise from this king, which you do, and this king tells you that you will be with him in paradise, it will get you through even the worst of days and the worst of pains because you have a promise from your king. And far better than having a king who will rescue you immediately is one who would stoop himself to such depths 
and take your place and forever remove the curse and the pains of sin. That's the king that we have. That's the king that I saw that day on that throne. The rest of the day was followed by some unusual events. See, about the middle of the day, the sky darkened. And for about three hours, it was dark. And I hung on to every word that that king said. That king of mine, Jesus. And I listened with great eagerness as he spoke of his task completed. And as he cried out and gave up his life. And there was my king. Shortly before sundown, my king was already dead. But the governor had given orders that my legs be broken. And after that, I slowly suffocated and my body hung there. That evening it was just tossed aside to wait until the resurrection of all the flesh. But my spirit was carried up to God. And I met him in paradise. I met my king that day on his glorious throne. Amen.